to Mission Music. And this is Stefan from Balance Breakfast. I'm Jason from Great Highway. And I'm Corey from Silence No Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I really am. Like, I'm genuinely, I'm like, I've been bouncing this afternoon. Bounce with me, <laughs> bounce with me. Bounce with me. <laughs> nice. Uh, what makes you so excited, Jason? I'm, so like, it's like, you know, the path to Nahuel for me, um, McKay, our last, our last guest, he recommended Nahuel when he didn't have time to do a track for our band. And, uh, I thought I was just getting like a McKay replacement, but I got this super warm, friendly guy who like emailed me all the time throughout the whole process and, uh, was just like super open to changes and, um, kind of took a, a track that we had written like a years ago and self-produced and just transformed it into this like glowing magical orb of a song it was just like this whole other thing and i was like holy crap this guy's good and then and then because i'm a lazy bones i looked him up kind of after he had like done like a first draft mix i'm like who is this guy and of course he's just like grammy dude you know and it's like you know done like fantastic negrito's record and all this stuff and i'm like oh, okay i see what's going on here and he's like a pro and i need to take this seriously <laughs> and then 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 after the track i listened to gibson and bronzini and i was like oh man because I, I think Nahuel sent me an email or maybe we added each other on Facebook and he was like, oh yeah, I also do this. You know, he's really humble. So he's just like, I just have this thing. And I was like, oh man, this is really, really, really good folksy, like kind of socially charged like music. And uh, yeah, I fell in love with him three times. Nice. Wow. That's what happened to me. Do you, do you accept that pitch? That's that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, that's so, I mean, you know, we, with Jason, we actually... Never spoke, I think, on the phone. We only nope. did it uh, over text at some point, but then yeah. uh, over email. And I, I really enjoy working on Jason's music. I was like, this sounds great. I'm, I hope I, I don't mess it up. So that's, that was my approach <laughs> nice. to it. And here on the other side, it's really cool. Um, yeah, no, Nahuel managed to produce the song that for some reason, I have no idea why, uh, became our most successful song on, on Spotify. 
I think I'm Pandora too. It just has like thousands of plays. I don't, I don't red know. Lights. Yeah, they red lights. New. They just and it's not. It. Yeah. It's it sounds really good. Has all these sections and like it, it just doesn't stop. Uh, you know, uh, it, it never lose interest. So that's I think that's why people like it. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's really well engineered too. <laughs> I think that might have had a little do with it. <laughs> I like I like that the that we've had um, kind of a. Uh, an OG balanced breakfast hangout the last two shows where it's like, all right, we bring on McKay and I'm like, cool. Like we've been hanging out yeah. for a while in San Francisco and then we have now Noel and we go, okay, yeah, we've been, we've been hanging out for a while. Like this is, this is good. Yeah. Well, I didn't know Noel had ever been to balanced breakfast, but I'm, I'm never surprised anymore by that. Cause I feel like everyone has touched balanced breakfast at some point, somewhere in there in the history, you know, there's always right. been like a, I oh yeah, I went it. to I went to a meeting in you know 2014 or 2015. There's always like some connection, you know. I met so many people at Balance Breakfast. I mean, I can't even. I mean, Kendra. I met one. Oh, yeah. McKay kind of through Balance Breakfast. I met Piper Pan. I mean, a lot of people that now I stay in touch for a long run. I mean, like I've, that I made music with. It's it's and I I kept sending people ask me. People come to town and they're like. Yeah, I play music and I want to connect with the people and I want to, you know, form a band or I'm just looking to collaborate. I'm like, okay, just go here. This place has been good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Really good, you know, so. Piper, uh, you guys used Piper to master your stuff, right? Or at least some of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. just master both the, the record, um, the, the album, horror cool. films and, and... And the singles. Yeah, that's right, too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's fun to to um, be able to just uh, know know who's in the local music scene and say, "Sweet, you just got here, no problem. Don't worry, don't panic. Um, if you're feeling social, go hang out at breakfast. Okay, you came and hung out at breakfast. Now you need a producer. Now you need an engineer. Now you need uh, someone to market. Oh, talk to this person. Talk to this person. That's a good goal." <laughs> Now, well, do you produce the? Do you do you mix uh, the Gibson and Bronzini tracks yourself before you pass them to Piper? Yeah, yeah, I mix them. Yeah, and with with this, uh, especially with the newest stuff, it's like we we've taken an approach that's just not too invasive over over the the the, the tracks. Let's say um, I'm trying not to do too much to them, you know. And sometimes yeah. and more um, more bare bones kind of things it's really hard to get right at least for me to to feel that it's uh, you know that i'm not getting in the way of the music yeah uh, but yeah i mean i, I mix it before it to mastering do you um i know a lot of mixing engineers don't don't like to mix their own stuff i never really understood why that was but they say that a lot like oh i always try to get somebody else to do it um how do you feel about that like do you do you prefer to mix yourself or you know is it more of like oh well, i just you know i'm well, already so close to it yeah with something like this where kind of the mixing happens along the way of the production process and like each piece of the puzzle becomes a layer that you know both texture wise and sound wise sometimes there's a delay in it or whatever it is that it's part of the arrangement in a way mm-hmm. and i see where people are coming from and i've sent stuff to of my own or that I produced, let's say that I worked on, you know, recording, playing instruments, producing, and then sending it to, to be mixed, which is another cool thing. Then you get it back and you hear what happened. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, mixing can shape the sound a lot. So, 
especially if you if you feel confident that you can deliver what you're looking for, sound-wise mixing it, to you know hand it off to someone, it has to be someone that you feel that they're gonna do something awesome with it too. So. How did you and uh, Aaron meet in order to decide that you should even have a project together? <laughs> Aaron, I'll let you take the uh, lead. Okay, yeah. I, um, I, I was already a songwriter and solo bass player, and I did a lot of stuff as just solo singer-songwriter playing bass. Um, and was quite happy that way because I, you know, years and years ago, kind of was fed up with the last band I was in, Everyone Leaves and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd just been doing the solo thing and didn't really want any other instruments. I was, I was happy with what I could create. And then I had a friend that died and I wrote this song just about that situation, which was full dark. And I, I kind of like, I could hear it in my head, which is what I, I used to do back when I had a band, I would hear parts and try to explain them to my band members, but I've been fine without that. And then for this one song, I just had stuff in my head. But when I approach another artist that I want to work with, I'm not like, I don't want to tell them what to do. It's like, I, I want to go to somebody because I like what they do. So in my head, I had the string quartet parts and I just went online looking because at the time I was near Atlanta and didn't really know anyone there. And so I just started looking online for someone who wrote for a string quartet. And I found Nawell's album. Uh, he did a string quartet experience. And it was actually the perfect thing to get me interested because it wasn't just him. It was like all these different songwriters that he put together to make an album, which really showcased his work, which was fantastic and inventive and creative. So I found him, sent him the song and just was like, okay, I'm going to hire this guy to, to, to do this. And he sent me back this little snippet, right? It was what, I mean, 20, 30 seconds of it or something. If, if it was that. like a verse one and chorus. Just yeah, it was very, it was, it was short. Like with very shitty sounding, uh, <laughs> things, right? Yeah, it was MIDI, you know, but the, the thing about it that, I mean, just like right off the bat, because what I was scared of when I was getting involved with like hiring someone and, but I'd already heard the string quartet experience, but what I was scared of was somebody just doing something that kind of followed along with the chord structure which I didn't want. I mean, the reason that I was interested in Nawell because he had this like just real playful, creative way of, of, of writing. And so I was hoping he would bring that into somebody else's project, you know? And so anyway, so he sent me this little clip and I was on the road working and was like pretty depressed and going through stuff. And he sent me this little thing and I, I just, I started laughing because it was just perfect. Um, and I actually like laughed out loud. I was like, Oh my God, that's like, <laughs> that's better than what I could have imagined myself. And so, you know, for the project, it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to do more than, cause I had all these songs I was working on. So I thought I'd, I'd do more than just this one song. Let's see how it goes, you know, from here after we got, you know, that done, but that, that's kind of how it, how it started, you know, that's cool. Um, and Where then are you we based got, then? What's that? Where are you based? Uh, right now, I'm uh, back home on the Oregon coast, but okay. I, I, I moved out to uh, Georgia for a few years. I see. What part of the Oregon coast? Central, near Newport. So if you wanted Tillamook cheese, like you could just slide over there for real quick, get some cheese. I'm allergic to dairy. I'm, I'm, 
Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to fill them up. Stefan, do your research, man. On the yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. This is so Look up their allergies next time. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. No, Tillamook is, uh, and I live inland just, a, just about five miles, but uh, if I go out to, you know, Highway 101, the uh, Tillamook's about two hours north. Oh, it's still a long ways. Yeah. So when you they guys did the, when you did the album, were you, together or were you doing it like remotely or how, how did you collaborate well, the the first song um Nawell wrote everything down and and sent me like a, a mock-up done with midi um and then i flew out to san francisco and met up with him and we recorded at airship with the quartet um which but i'd already had like my tracks were already done we just basically went and did the the quartet tracks um and so that was like together, but a lot of the stuff, most of it has just been virtual, you know. Yeah, some just parts back and forwards, and yeah, I mean, all the writing and all the back and forwards of the of the of the album was at a distance. Yeah, actually, I, all of my parts were recorded in my van while I was on the road. Wow! So, so this pandemic is no big deal. You're just like, bring it. <laughs> we don't care. We're making music. Yeah, exactly. So, but then it was like when we actually we finished up horror films, um, and a very very short time passed, and we just I was like, man, I there's something about Nawell that that I've never found in another musician, and so I wanted to keep working with him. So I I kind of this, actually I'm finally answering your question. Um, <laughs> I you know I was like I kind of like broached the subject. I was like, hey, you know, do you want to be a duo, you know, and and he said yes. So we're, nice. you know, no nice. doing this. So. And sure well, you you play the you do guitar stuff. He plays everything. Oh really? Um, yeah. No, I like yeah, I play guitars. If there's guitars, or I play, I have a little um, I have a nice words that I like that I play. Nice. That's Whoa, on apples yeah. there. That's the thing. That's on apples. Actually, I I I wanted to have a words for a long time, and I found this one on Craigslist, and. The day that I got it, that night, I was like, what are the words? And I had this song, the Apple song. And the, so I played just, yeah, I just played with one mic very quickly, a couple of takes. And that's what you hear on the, on the Apple song. Um, so, yeah, whatever. It's, you know, some guitar, some sing a little bit, some background vocals. So It feels like such a happy story that I picture you both skipping down the Oregon coast um, on the beach is going, we found each other. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, this is a love story. <laughs> yeah. So um, cute. We're planning for a little honeymoon trip to make some music, uh, yeah, to write yeah. some music. Uh, like uh, and surf. Yeah. Very important. Oh, but the problem with the Oregon coast is like, you got to be full wetsuit, like probably booties and hood and gloves. Pretty cool here. I mean, more? Yeah, you can get away without gloves right now, but not a couple months from now. So, mm. do you guys both do you both surf? Is that a thing I heard? We, we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. love uh, I mean, a couple of I surf suck at surfing, but it's I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't see myself as like a, a surfer dude, right? But I, I love <laughs> surf. <laughs> so wait, that that hair is not surfer hair. It's like I don't know hippie hair or like what Skateboarding is it? Hair? It just it just came Musician. with a thing. Yeah. Came with yeah. Where <laughs> came are you with this model? Where are you from originally, Noel? Uh I, I grew up in Argentina. I'm from Argentina. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm cool. Here, 2010. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's about ten years right now. Like I think right around this time is when I actually came first. Would they yeah. call Did you, you come a hippie up or... there? Say it again. Would they call you a hippie there? 
Uh, no, I'm not really a hippie myself. I'm like a, a bohemian, uh, I don't know, but not that much because I like my, my stuff tidy. You know, I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> You're a hippie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Long-haired hippies. He's a surfer, a music producer, but not a hippie. You know? Not a hippie. It's in know. the Bay Area. I, just, I, just <laughs> hippie, but I, wouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> what were you going to say, Corey? Oh, what brought you out to the U.S.? Oh, so first, um, I, I, I came to study music at the conservatory, SF Conservatory. Mm. I applied to a couple of different schools, and um, yeah, I got different, you know, I, I got a decent scholarship there, and, you know, this was a, a cool town to to come and and, yeah. and also have, you know, other things, not just being... I was a little older when I went to school here. Like, my, my classmates were a little younger than me, so I, I didn't want to, like, live in, in a place where it was, like, a dorm or, you know confined yeah. space i wanted to actually go in the city and do things uh, and this place you know really did it in that way so where'd you end up living uh i lived i don't know on the outer mission mm-hmm. i lived like in geneva and mission i lived in the panhandle and then in the outer richmond and the avenues on the 20th and geary and then nice. 2014 then i moved to berkeley and then i've been in the east bay since then hmm. Oh, you're an East Bay guy. Yeah. I'm an East Bay now. Yeah. Cool. I love the East Bay now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when this is all over, we should meet up somewhere in the, in the East Bay. I, I live in Oakland. So definitely. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, what would Someday. you tell us? What would you tell us about um, uh, Full Dark? I don't know. Not well. What do you got to say on that? <laughs> okay. There's a couple of things that are fascinating about that song. Um, well, just first, this happens in all the songs that I've heard from, uh, from Aaron. Just, there's this storytelling thing that happens in the verses that just sets you right in a mood, right from the beginning. You're going to hear this, this riff thing in the bass, and he's just going to tell you a story, and you're going to be right in, in this setting. Caught my feet on shards of rock, walking on your streets of gold. Just can't find the time to talk to you no more. It is written and then spoken of, but can the stories be true? may be disenchanting but i guess i'm not angry at you and now the earth is for the meek but i'm not tameable tameable but i can turn the other cheek like you've been doing through time is it not really ours to speak of justice for our own I guess you'd say this world is not our home And could we be running out of time? I guess the problem ain't yours, but mine Shit, yeah, I got questions for you, bro Hope I'm not asking too much I'm just concerned with my own flesh and blood. Oh, 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 oh. Is it not really ours to speak of justice for our own? I guess you'd say this world is not our own.
wish that there was something held us upright. I thought for years there was something held us upright. Now I see, and now I fear, and now I fear, and now I see, and now I fear, and now I fear. It's not the smudge on my glasses making things unclear. So I can't find my way home. Oh, I'm gonna go get me running out of time. I guess the problem ain't yours but mine. I got questions. string arrangement so fantastic <laughs> did you guys say that you like help help to compose that those string backing strings or just the quartet oh, no, kind of like not well man oh really yeah wow yeah, that's very impressive oh, <laughs> very edgy now well do you play any strings or is it just that you like you're just you just compose on a piano or something and i uh, no the the string stuff i just kind of like do it do it like i sing melodies and then i write them down on sibelius and then i you know i I write in the parts basically, but okay. uh, it, I don't play. I wish I played, but I had when I was in school, live back in the avenues. I had a couple roommates, cellist from Colombia, Juan, and then a violin player from Armenia. So I had them around, right? So I, I could like ask them, hey, like, hey, Juan, is this possible here in the chill? Or like, could you do a trill with like the sort of thing here? As that, and you know, you mm-hmm. get to learn a lot just by. By having people around who, who are so you you've kind of figured out what's playable and what's not playable, and you you can anticipate to a certain extent when you're arranging right. for yeah yeah. I mean, how, how did you find these uh, this particular string quartet that's playing? The Amaranth, we were uh, we went to school together, so you know I don't know them from like back in 2012 or 2011. Okay. That's now cool. they are all kind of spread. They up have their own. They have their own project, right? The Amaranth Quartet. Yeah, they play yeah. they play other people's music as a quartet, but. They collaborated with um, a lot of people from the Bay Area. I, we did things. They're the, the same ones who played in the String Quartet Experience album that I did years before that project. Yeah, Ken they came in, a song there, Diana Gameros. Uh, yeah, they came and talked at Balance Breakfast, and it was just like, it's it's exciting to hear them talk about music, like because the, they do speak about it as like a from a educated standpoint. They have like all the correct language, all the correct like technical words, and it's like this is this is cool. <laughs> I mean, they are very 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 top notch players. They're really great, and yeah. but they love the you know pop music or or, or popular music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
that was a special time. Like the last years of school, there was a synergy and people were, you know. I remember once we had a concert at Viracocha with a group. Do you remember, uh, Stefan, the, the view from Bernard Hill? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we had yeah. this group, Camille Mai. It was her songs, mostly Skylar Carr. Yeah. Anyway, drums. And it was like five of us. And then Kendra was doing background vocals and two more background vocalists and a string quartet at Viracocha. I never forget that stuff. That's amazing. That was a fun time. So wow. in in a recording like that, are you, are you standing somewhere like directing, or are you just in the corner jumping around, going, "Yeah, this is cool, yeah." <laughs> I'm more no, I mean, yeah, the conducting is string quartet. You see it sometimes on, on in sessions. It's mostly a gimmick, like mm-hmm. it's really not necessary. They don't need it. They are they breathe together. They feel the music. The funny thing is that in these sessions, I was also an engineer, so I was with. I was on the console, running back and forth to the control room and, and, and the live room, and then with the scores, marking mistakes or notes that I wanted to change. So it was Aaron, a lot. Aaron, how much pressure is that to have like a bunch of um, uh, musicians circling around you just looking at you for cues? Well, actually, that, that one was all done. So that's, that, that particular one was all on, on Nawell. We... we uh a while after that we did uh a song at the music expo and that was a lot of pressure for me because i'm not used to walking into a situation and playing with people that i don't you know i never met before you know at all and so that one was pressure but the yeah uh, you killed yeah, it there was no pressure on the, the full dark <laughs> session at all so it feels like the big challenge would be like you don't you have no rhythm section. So I don't know, maybe maybe you did have one with the expo, but like just having to play yeah. off of yourselves with all that kind of empty space. I don't know. Well, it, the the strange thing is with the recording is always very difficult for me because in my head it's so organic and the I want the music to flow with the words. And so I'll have it in my song written that way and it's all in my head and so when i go and i hit a click track mm. and it's like it doesn't sound the way that i wanted it to sound and i have to modify as i go along because i want it to be you know right and have you know not well be able to work with it too which doesn't necessarily always i mean we, we've done like our first version of the other thing was totally out of tune and totally out of time and everything but it just had this vibe you know and we're like, oh, we, we like this, you know, let's just use it, you know, because it was meant to be a demo. Yeah. Uh, I so. mean, click or no click, that's, you know, history long question, but that's... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the, not having a rhythm section as a bass player for so long has kind of ruined me on it. Like I, I hear drums and I'm like, oh, that's just like kind of ruining everything because it's, you know, it's noisy and everything else. And I, it's like, I would love to work in that context if it was with absolutely like the right person or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but right now it's like the, I don't know, I just, I like what we're getting without it, you know, too. Yeah. Well, so you guys have recorded with, with McKay Garner, but that's yeah. more recently, right? And is yeah, that like, that's, that's- which... Is that on one of the? I hope that's on one of the songs we're coming. That's coming up that we're going to hear. Um, it's, it's a single. It's yeah. not because that McKay played drums on the on the studio version of the the other thing. Oh, okay. I mean, both are studio versions, but that one is more produced and it's a little more pop. So that one has drums. Um, and then we did we, so one thing that we're doing with each release, each song that we put out is we're going to do the main studio version and then a B side or acoustic version of it of it. So. The video that we did for the thing is for the acoustic one. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Well, not necessarily acoustic because I'm I'm playing an electric instrument, but it's it's it, it's it's in its raw form, you know. Yeah. So I mean, there's something to be said about. I mean, you were saying rhythm section and whatnot, but the way that Aaron plays bass is really unique. I mean, in, it, he's really playing a, a full range thing. Many people tell me, "Oh yeah, those guitar pitches that you were doing were were cool." And I'm like, "That that's actually a bass. That's not a guitar." But so in a way, it's like he's covering a lot of range. So yeah, there's not really need perhaps necessarily for. Yeah. How did See, you? Sorry, how did you mold that 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 bass style of playing it like a lead instrument, Aaron? Like, where does that come from for you? Okay, I started playing when I was ten, and played right off the bat. I knew I wanted to sing and play because my my parents split up and my mom started making good money, and I was a little kid and she wanted us to be busy, I guess. So, and I had a brother, and so she took us to. And actually, I I grew up in Hayward and Fremont. And oh. so my mom took us down to Allegro Music in Fremont and just pointed at the wall and said, pick something and I'll get you lessons and whatever. So <laughs> in my head, I was thinking that I wanted to be the front man and I wanted to sing and play bass just like Paul McCartney and Sting and, you know, Jack Bruce and stuff like that. And I did that, you know, I, I played bass and all of that stuff. But when I kept, you know, when, when, things don't work out with bands and stuff like that. I, it was like, I couldn't, I was, I was cut, you know, I was like decapitated because I couldn't play my music without others. And so for me, it was, okay, I'm getting older. Obviously I don't have the rock star dreams, but I still want to play my songs. And I can't do that if I don't have a way to do it. And I'm not going to switch to guitar. You know, I, I love my four string instrument, you know? And so I wanted to find a way um, to, make it good enough, I guess, that I could walk into a cafe and sit down and play my songs. Yeah. And so that's what I've been, that's been my goal for the last 20 years. <laughs> so. It's funny that you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Paul McCartney and Sting. I was thinking sometimes your stuff is a little Roger Waters-esque. And, um, <laughs> and then when I learned that you were a bass player, I was like, oh yeah, that checks out. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally into Roger <laughs> Waters too. So. But yeah. you would, you would say that that mustache of yours is pretty rock and roll, right? Like, so if, if you're ever worrying about like, eh, I'm not, I'm not feeling edgy enough. You could just like brush out your mustache and be like, oh wait, I am edgy. I still got well, it. I'm not worried about the edgy thing. I mean, sometimes I want that cause I used to be in those kinds of bands and stuff, but I, it's like for me right now, it's all, it's all like the, like, I want to give people goosebumps with songs, mm. you know, I, and I, you know, I'm like, the stuff that I listen to is so far from the rock world, you know. Wait, what are you listening to then? Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I like Joanna Newsom and I love Jessica Hoop and Iron and Wine and Ray LaMontagne. Um, Hopefully people Hello. are taking notes right now. Hi, Garvey. Write this down. <laughs> it's true. Um, Not like that stuff had like a renaissance in like the, uh, the late aughts and then and then pop music came back fierce with Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Lisa Hannigan. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I, I just I, I like soft, you know, stuff, but I, I want I want interesting playing. Um, but I, I still stray from like straight up jazz because I, I kind of it's like I, I really appreciate those players, but it's like my heart's always been in like alternative type music and that's what I grew up with. I, you know, um, yeah. so I, I still like that and I like songwriting. So for me, the heart of the whole thing has to be the, the story that's being told. Yeah. 
Well, it seems you know? too like you you not just write songs, but also sing with a lot of intention and and purpose. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like jazz music is, is so much about improv that it's it's hard to inject a lot of intention into it if you're just like wildly kind of going. Well, well, yeah, but that's where all the like that's where all the like great players, especially like all the great bass players, they're all playing jazz. And I it, it's yeah. only, I mean for me. I'll listen to it like once and be like, wow, that dude was badass, mm-hmm. you know, but that's not what I go back to. I'd, I'd still rather go put on, you know, Highway 61 Revisited before I'm going to go back to a jazz musician for a second or third time. Most of the time there's, there's some that I love, but, right. but, you know, but I wanted to incorporate that kind of playing into like folk and pop and, and alternative folk and that kind of world um, like Andrew Bird uh, was one too. And I, I'd, I'd never even heard of him when I got started, but when I heard him, I was like, oh my God, that's like what I've been trying to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's a violinist and vocalist and stuff, but same kind of thing. And I just wanted to be able to play my songs without a, a group, you know, but, you know, Nawell brought so much in that it was like, oh my God, this is, you know, golden. What's the story that's being told in the other thing? Uh most of the stuff that you're going to hear that I've put out in recent years, which actually incorporates all of the music I've done with Nawell has been a little on the dark side because we've had a lot of loss in my family and in my circle. Um, and so the other thing was about an attempted suicide. Fancy finger work on those 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 instruments. 
Do you guys imagine you'll you'll play these th- these songs live together someday? Absolutely. Do you envision it? Hopefully, yeah. That's yeah. That's Actually, we're gonna play in Nam, and then something came up, and just finally we, we couldn't make it. But that was gonna be the first time that we were gonna you know play in person. Yeah. But, but we yeah we I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Hopefully they'll they'll have Nam again. <laughs> so who knows? Hopefully they'll have events where people gather again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're starting up. The very, very I mean definitely like yeah the the it's it's okay. Well actually here's a question. Do you have a do you have a favorite venue for playing? For playing, um well I play many times at the Red Poppy Art House. It's a small place in the mission which is just it felt like home many, many times. Um, but there's a venue that I love, which is the Fright and Savage. And I played a few times there only. Mm-hmm. And I really like that place. Where is this? Freight, Freight and Savage. Oh, Freight and Savage, yeah. yeah. yeah it's in Savage. downtown Berkeley. Yeah. I like Very it. Cool. Aaron, what's your favorite venue? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite venue. Um, you're you're practicing um, equal love for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's some that I like better. I mean, there's there's like, you know, venues that I love to go see shows at. You know, in particular, but um, I don't. I, actually, the uh, as far as playing goes, I I'd, I'd have a hard time saying. So, I'm like, if you got if you got booked at um, the Fox in Oakland, that'd be like no big deal. Like. Um, or I'm trying to think of a Portland one that'd be no big deal. The the uh, 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 what's the biggest one? I'm trying to think of the biggest one in Portland. Uh, well, there's see that's the thing. There's there's clubs and then it goes up from there. But it's like like everybody plays at the Roseland, but it's it's yeah. a die. I mean, it's like the it, the sound is crap and you know it's just like this weird concrete you know weird enclosure thing. What's um, the Arlene France Arlene? Uh, well, there's a there's actually a church downtown. It's like a converted church mm-hmm. um, that has actually we, that's we saw my daughter and I saw Jessica Hoop there, and that was amazing. Um, sound was fantastic and stuff. And then there's a Someday Lounge I've played at. Um, Have and, you played at the Doug Fur before? Uh, I played there with a band that I wasn't fronting a long time gotcha. ago. <laughs> I like um, I like it because it's down in the basement and kind of uh, yeah, it's that's a cool place. Feels exclusive. There's a there's an amphitheater actually in Eugene that has the best outdoor sound I've ever heard. I love that place, but uh, that's for like bigger artists. Like we so if we dig there. if we dig a little bit, there are some favorites. But you're just trying. Yeah, to- yeah. I guess I guess that that's that's one of them. But a, a lot of the the a lot of the places in Oregon weren't necessarily made for what they're doing. They were all sort of just transferred over from something else. So, um, and I don't like to have my ears just fried. So I, you know, I like places with good sound, I guess that's it. Corey, what's your favorite venue? Uh, I mean, I do like the independent. Um, I like the, I haven't gotten the star line that much, but there was a really good act in December, January that I was like, Oh, I, it's definitely my favorite show of the last couple of years. So, how about you? My favorite? Mm-hmm. Well, I would feel like if if Aaron and I were hanging out, I'd have to take him to the Greek in Berkeley. Oh, love the Greek because yeah. just the nature of like that statement. I'd be like, "Sweet, let's hang out. Let's go to the Greek." But uh, 
But I think the, I think the chapel's got to be my favorite place to see a show. It's a nice little um, quaint one. And then Rickshaw's got to come in there somewhere. It's it's yeah. it's at least in my top top three to four, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to change mine. I think the Greek. I'll go with the Greek. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you've been then. I saw Love and Rockets at the Greek. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Many hard to have ago. a bad time there. It's, it's oh, I know. Hard. Yeah. Oh man, just sitting in the grass and the tiered view, and it's like I'll sit anywhere in that place and be fine. Actually, I went there to see the Jerry Garcia band in 1990, and Bella Fleck and the Flecktones opened for them. And I just like, and I was not exactly sober, and I saw Victor Wooten get up and start playing, and I was like, "What the? What is this? What's happening?" You know. And, so yeah, that that kind of changed my my view of music and that was at the greek i saw alt j play there and that's a great place to hear like um kind of that that style of alternative sounds and noises and oh man that that was fun yeah that's a good place i saw radiohead there and it was the rain it was raining it was like beautiful but i mean half of that sounds good the rain (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) the other half the other half well, I mean, you don't want a Radiohead concert to be like sunny and warm and happy. Yeah, and cheery. So, kind of yeah. should be raining on Radiohead. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they should have played uh, Treasure Island in what 2017 or something. Oh God, man, was. that was. Was it the last? It was like the kind of the last one, or just like second to last one. The last one on the board. island. Yeah, yeah, that was a music festival that that was not prepared for rain and did not allow umbrellas <laughs> or any other sort of. I mean, I guess you could have wore a rain outfit, but that's about it. And they didn't have covers for you to get underneath. So, nope. yeah. I actually really liked the, the, they had one year before they disbanded that they did in, in Oakland, you know, like in West Oakland in a park on the in, water. And on I the really waterfront, liked, yeah. I the shoreline thing or something. Yeah, the Oakland. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, It Oakland was just a little, it was, it was a little experiment. And then when they shut down, I was like, somebody else should pick this up and do a festival there in like West Oakland. Cause for really, yeah. too, the, the reason I heard was because it had a poor um, effect on, on, on the natural habitat. The, the, like, oh. too many people were affecting the natural habitat. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get it, but it's like yeah. to one side and to the other side are shipping containers and boats coming in and out that are like shipping to China. And you go, okay, wait a second. A, a two day music festival is having a poor effect on on is it ecological effect or something like versus these shipping containers? Huge. And mm. mm. eh, somebody had something else going on. Yeah, yeah. politics. Yeah, probably. Jason, I mean, what's yours? What was the question? Favorite, Favorite venue? venue. I don't know. You guys named a lot of the really good ones in the city. I think I would add like Bottom of the Hill because I've just had great oh. concerts there. Yeah. And yeah. and you said Rickshaw, right? Yeah. yeah it's in brick and mortar also. Yeah. Um, those have been brick and mortar. I don't know. I don't know. Is it about that one? I mean, I don't know if any of these venues are still around. You know, well, I, mean, I don't. Brick still around. I just don't like. I went to, the, I went I don't to like the, the sound Bottom of the Hill last. No, Talitha. When was uh, that show at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco? Was that November? Anyways, it was it was yeah last year. Well, actually, we not well. We came and saw you before we went to that show. So I actually never been to Bottom of the Hill. I only drove by on the. I mean, it's kind of surprising because such a popular place, right? In San Francisco, it's little. It's it's little. 
It's little, but it has heart, and it's and yeah. It draws pretty big bands sometimes. So yeah. That's what's kind of impressive about it is people people sweep through there, and you're like, oh, really? They played there. Yeah. <laughs> cool location too. It's like a little industrial, and there's it's like a Victorian house. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like Petrero, or is that Petrero Hill kind of ish? Yeah. Anyway, so if you if you guys were um, booking your um, de- December 2021 um, show. Uh, I think that's when you guys agree that approximately November, December, 2021. Uh, uh, who, who are you opening or headlining and what venue and what artist is like playing either before or after you? And this is like, it could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Living or dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I think, well, Niall and I'd probably differ on this one. I'm not sure. So. Hmm. Um, it's all right to be wrong you can choose two different answers okay well i would say i'd still be weird at the the venue i'd have a hard time deciding on that but i'd say the greek i guess just because you brought it up but for well last last time i saw iron and wine uh my daughter and i went to that and we were right up front and this guy named john moreland opened and his guitar player had this radiant smile on his face like he was at the best place in the entire universe and so I, i'd love to open for them because <laughs> because that smile just looked like man i want some of that <laughs> yeah right cool. so second uh noel you get to pick the second show the second show that we play well we just open for and wine hard to top it's well no like you know then we're gonna headline a show a few months a few months after yeah. That makes sense. People get, you know, the, the, the idea. So you'd want to play with John Mayer, right? <laughs> is he opening for you? <laughs> oh, John Mayer's, yeah, John Mayer is playing. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I like John Mayer. I really like John, but he, he, I think he likes it to be his show. Yeah, yeah, he's mm. like, probably. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's like a rumor about him that he's like maybe not a nice guy or something. I don't know. Is that true or is it just mythical? He says. I think he. I, I've read that he's like. He says he's a, you know, recovered kind of ego, ego person kind of. Meanie pants, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's an interesting position to be in, right? You're very young and suddenly you have all these people attention. I don't know. I don't know what would happen to any of us. What do you guys think? Like, I mean, what, what would you, you know, if everything was open and you could, you could really pursue, you could drive Gibson and Brazzini really hard on all fronts. Like what, what does success look like to you? Do you guys want it to blow up and get, million youtube views or like a a bunch of spotify plays or you know do you just want to kind of lay low be indie play shows like what's what is it you know it's a it's a delicate thing um because the music that we play isn't pop i mean straight up so that that's that part of it's never going to happen but and we actually we discussed this briefly not that long ago but i mean like my goal would just be able to fill like, you know, two, two are on a, a yearly basis filling, you know, 1500 seat places. I'm I, that that's something that I think is attainable and I, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a construction worker, so I just want out of that. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like playing a place like that, that size, I, to me it's really important that whatever you play, it sounds great 
I mean, yeah. I, I don't like playing Jeez. very loud. I like to play in a place where, I don't know, I never like to rehearse in a rehearsal space. It's always been so like, I mean, I play in rock bands and stuff before, but yeah, I mean, playing, especially playing for people who really can appreciate it and, 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 and that you feel like you're connecting. Um, yeah. So would yeah, you guys sure. play just the, would you play just the two of you or would you bring in a band? I would see a I'd like to do both. I remember I remember I saw Chris Cornell at the Fox. Oh. No, sorry, it was at the Paramount Theater. That was a couple years ago. And I saw him. He was it was him and a cellist who also played Fender Rhodes. So it was a, they, they killed it. It was amazing. And so they have, you know, multiple instruments, each one of them, and they had a cool layout on the stage where they just move and, and kind of take positions as you know, I think they had some guests too, but something like that would be really fun. And yeah. I mean and they played fucking just Paramount Theater, just two people, no no, no drums. And something yeah. great. Aaron, if you're if your main uh gig right now is construction, does that mean you tour in a big Ford truck or like with your toolbox in the back or what what's your vehicle of choice? Um actually I, I have a Dodge Ram Pearlmaster, uh so it's a commercial van, but um, I rigged the, the far back so I can set all of my tools up in there. And then the front half, which I actually recorded horror films in Sunday school in, um, I put a hardwood floor and a bed and a walnut desk and my, my whole setup in the front half of it. So nice. I've been looking at a Ford, uh, transit, I think it is, uh-huh. but then I was driving down the street the other day and I saw the, the Dodge, uh, that you're talking about. And I was like, Whoa, that's pretty nice too. And they're square, so yeah, they're like really easy it. to build inside of. That's what I like about it. I, I, I was looking and I was like, oh, I, I need to do some some comparison. But I get really like uh, conservative and I go, yeah, but what's the gas mileage on that, though? It's excellent. Yeah, okay. I, I get 21, so well, that's great. That's amazing. I think the, yeah. I mean, not to to slip away from music, but I think the, <laughs> the, the Ford Transit, I think it gets like 14. And I was just like, oh. Ouch. Yeah, no, my, yeah, I got no complaints with the mileage on that thing. But so, what's Stefan gonna do with a big truck? Is what I want to know. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, here here's my thought process: is that that if shows aren't coming back till 2021, and and somewhere between summer and Christmas, uh, then there needs to be a way to bring music to somewhere. And so, if if I can put something into a truck and take it somewhere and be like. I created this for you. Uh, oh, you're gonna DJ cool. out. You're gonna DJ out of the back of that truck, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, DJ or or duo artists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how cool would it be if, yeah, if you could swing open the back doors or open the side doors and be like, "I brought this to you. You're welcome." This um, could be one of the first Gibson and Bronzini uh, uh, gigs out of the back <laughs> of Stefan's moving his traveling show. You know, in a, in a tiered grass field that's trying to mimic the Greek, but it's like. It's like it's not quite there yet, but it's almost there. <laughs> that sounds that sounds doable. Yeah, and you have like a slide out deck. I like it. Kinda. I, I, I've seen some folding ones, so I'm imagining that like I, I'm not good at construction, so I'm just picturing these folding legs. And I go, look, it slid out, and I put the legs down. Now you can play on it. <laughs> oh, we should talk to Aaron because Aaron is an incredible woodworker. He, I mean, he he he's a craftsman of wood. He Aaron Gibson. He does this crazy stuff. With wood, so you know what to do, Garen. Right? Sounds good. I'll I'll talk to you on January 2021. I'm I'm, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> how do you set up? How do you set up? Um, uh, said no lover. <laughs> That's one of those songs that just kind of popped out. It, it was um, 
And I actually, to tell you the truth, I think the, God, once we got it all put together, um, I just thought I, I listened to the, the first mix and just thought it was like the best thing. It had just such a great vibe to it and a big kind of crazy sped up crescendo thing at the end where everything kind of just, you know, takes over. But uh, Miguel's work on the video just knocked my socks off. seems harder oh good lord i can't wish it away five times in a year and I have no driving song Lately I've been fueled by sorrow and I've been alone too long Oh, 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 oh. You set out to make gardens and all sorts of beauty came up from the ground You made us all see for once that this could be colors that you wear around And a buzz arose in Georgia But the living could not be found I set out and I drove through Tennessee Mile after mile I'm saddened But Missouri loves company And I made it to the border Of Wyoming for lukewarm tea Now I'm so far from home These coastal sunsets Become so dull And I'm so far from being young anymore And those sandhill cranes seem more solemn than before Art. 
but I can't tell which. So I guess I'll just blow it away, come back and do it all, all over. That was cool. Very cool. The great last line that's, that love can wait to no lover ever. I like that. Yeah. That was a traveling song. So that was, that was being gone too long. We'd moved to Georgia and I um, uh, had a really difficult time finding work in Georgia, but I got jobs all over the East Coast. So I was, I was doing like super fancy houses in New York and Maine and down in Florida, but I couldn't find work in Georgia. <laughs> so, uh, but I, yeah, it was really, that was super difficult. And then I had so many people back in Oregon that were like, where'd you go? You know, I've got work for you. I've got work for you. And just everybody was saying that. So I ended up just deciding I needed to come back. But since we bought a house, it took a while. Um, and so I had to come back by myself, which is why I outfitted the van to be kind of like an RV and came back. So I was away for way too long when I've, you know, I've got kids and everything else. So that, that song was like, a progression from Georgia to Oregon and then being gone too long and, and whatnot. So it's very cool. Yeah. If there were something that you wanted people to check out that we didn't play during this podcast where you're like, all right, so we gave you a tease, but <laughs> you need to check out this other track. That's not in our podcast. Well, do listen to the album, uh, the horror films in Sunday school. Um, it's, it's, uh, I, I still really like it. It's, it's, it's a good album and all the tracks are great. They're, you know, I, what Nawell did with all of them is, is fantastic. Um, and so they're, they're all definitely worth checking out. Um, it's a cool album journey. I think yeah. it's one of those to listen through, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is because it does. It tells a story. There's like a an, uh, an arcing narrative uh, from the whole album, kind of. So it's like if you look at like back up out of what each song is individually about, there's actually like kind of a narrative of the way the songs are put together. So, and I love actually the um, the title track was came in late as far as the rest of the songs go, and. Um, it was one that I, it just, in a way it was kind of dull because I didn't have much and it was long because the story was long. Um, and so the, the bass part was just really simple, but my daughter sang back up on it. And then, you know, Mia Pixley played cello on it and Nawell's guitar and it, it's just haunting and beautiful. So I like that song. I'd say go there, I guess. And where, and where do they, where do they go to find you if they were looking on the, on the oh, we're, we're on all the all the stuff you can get stuff actually if you go to Bandcamp, you can actually buy the vinyl um if you're interested in that um and we're on yeah, instagram and facebook and spotify and apple music and all that stuff there's a website with our name oh, yeah. and they can sign up to mail list and all that good stuff and please do. Uh, yeah what's your at symbol oh it's gibson and bronzini also perfect uh jason what's yours Oh, just Great Highway, at Great Highway, yeah, on Instagram. Corey? At Silence No Good. And mine is Stefan Aronson. And you can also find us, Balance Breakfast, No Vowels. And it's Ooh. been a really good show. It's been fun having you guys here. Thank you for having us. It was Yeah, it was fun. Thank you very much for having us.
like and subscribe and then after you've liked and subscribed go find the band and stream it on all the platforms long ago i had a family and long ago different things mattered oh the birds left with all the fire and the light was in our eyes and i walked until noon and i walked until morning but the day came too soon and the food was getting old and ash fell from the moon and i walked from the morning to the next afternoon but the day came too soon and i'll say the outlook is grim but I can't say I, I didn't know I guess I was a fool Cause it was all there in the old horror films And in Sunday school Long ago I had a family grind of coffee and high-speed internet and the day came when all the trees are tired enough to finally lie down and the sky that once held sunsets of the deepest pinks and reds turned to a dusty gray and shit brown and i walked on through that night on in the daytime and I found some small things left behind that were not mine so I walked on from there and I'll say the outlook is grim but I can't say I I didn't know I guess I was a fool cause it was all there in the old horror films and in Sunday school Long ago, I had a family. Long ago, different things mattered. Oh, like cancer and birthdays and warring presidents. I suppose I once had things and loves and friends different places I might have called home but I suspect I have forgotten many more things now than I had ever known and I walked until dark and on in the morning through a park that was a stone dragon with some swings in the sand when I remembered small Long ago I had a family Long ago different things mattered Like free express shipping on Christmas packages Long ago I had a family
long ago I had a family.